The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Another year comes to a close, and thanks for making the State House Takeout part of your weekly MA Poli routine in 2018. As we close out the year, the reporters of the State House Press Association have weighed in on what they think the top 10 stories on Beacon Hill were this year. And uh, joining us to talk about some of these are Colin Young, Katie Lannon, and Matt Murphy. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, Sam. Happy early New Year. Hey, thanks. Hey, Sam. And just to be clear, these are all the reporters, not just us here at Statehouse News Service. So this is a a full picture of uh, what reporters were thinking about as they uh, rushed off to their holiday vacations and scribbled uh, some notes down on these ballots that I tabulated this week. Hmm. And and the full fully expounded top 10 stories will be in the Statehouse News Roundup uh, later on this Friday. Yeah, in your in your inboxes momentarily. Yeah. But meantime, let's run through these top 10. Uh, and we will have time for a little discussion. But uh, uh, coming in at number 10, it was a tie, right, Matt? That's right. It, it was a tie uh, at the bottom of the list. There were a lo- number of stories that didn't make it. And at the bottom, coming in at number 10, we had the uh, failure of uh, several bills at the end of this legislative session, notably the health care bill and the education reform bill that collapsed as lawmakers pushed that midnight deadline on July 31st, tied with the epically late annual state budget this year that was 18 days uh, late and, uh, you know, uh, not the finest moment uh, for uh, the legislature. And unfortunately, it turned out to be, uh, fortunately for uh, Chairman Jeff Sanchez, it turned out to be his first and only state budget as he went on to uh, lose his reelection to another Democrat, in part because of some things that were left out of that budget. Right. Coming in at number nine was the state police overtime scandal. Number eight, the Ousting of longtime Congressman Mike Capuano in the Democratic primary by City Councilor Ayanna Presley. Number seven, the so-called millionaire surtax ballot question never making it to the ballot. It was struck down by the Supreme Judicial Court. Uh, the opening of recreational marijuana pot shops for the first time in Massachusetts was the number six pick. Into the top five, number five was the re-election of Governor Charlie Baker, which Colin pointed out earlier today is first time since 1994, right, that uh, an incumbent Republican governor in Massachusetts has been elected for the second time. Number four, the Merrimack Valley gas disaster back in September. At number three, we had the passage of extensive criminal justice reforms. And uh, Katie, I know that you had covered that issue a lot uh, over the summer. Yeah, that's right, Sam. This was something that had been many years in the making. Uh, Advocates had been pushing for notably the repeal of some mandatory minimum sentences. Those were included in this bill. There's some uh, juvenile expungement language. And there's going to be a lot to watch coming out of this in the new year, too, as uh, some commissions and study groups give uh, lawmakers some more criminal justice reform ideas to chew on. Coming in at number two was the so-called Grand Bargain Bill, another piece of legislation. Uh, Colin, could you uh, run through for us uh, what were some of the things that this uh, bargain achieved and what are some of the things that it kept off of the November ballot? 
Yeah, that's right. And the grand bargain really um, rolled a number of issues up into one piece of legislation. Uh, there was the stepping up of the minimum wage eventually to $15 an hour. There's the stepping down of premium pay for uh, Sundays and holidays, uh, an establishment of uh, a state paid family and medical leave program. Uh, and it also established a permanent sales tax holiday that'll start next summer. And uh, of course, I think we can all guess, I think everybody listening can guess what the uh, number one story was uh, of import on Beacon Hill this year. Uh, and that was collectively uh, the the turmoil in the east wing of the building uh, over in the Senate. Uh, and some folks, uh, some reporters voted on their ballots for multiple Senate-related stories, whether it be the resignation of one-time Senate President Stan Rosenberg or the various leadership struggles since, well, really since last December. Uh, Matt, uh, clue us in on, on some of the details of this one. Yeah, Sam, you really know that this was easily the top story of the year. Uh, but where some reporters did struggle in, in how to categorize this because it was basically a year-long ongoing saga that started actually with last year's top story of the year when Stan Rosenberg stepped down from the Senate presidency amidst the investigation into allegations of sexual harassment against his husband. And that just continued into 2018 from uh, the Senate tapping Harriet Chandler to step in on what was supposed to be an interim basis to the Ethics Committee investigation into Rosenberg that led to his ultimate resignation uh, to the you know backroom leadership fight that ultimately Senate President Karen Spilka emerged from as the Senate president in waiting. And we did wait. We had to wait uh, from March till the end of July for uh, Chandler to pass over the 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 baton, I guess you can say, to uh, Spilka, who is now poised to start her first full term in the new session. And I, I might quibble there and make it pass over the gavel, gavel uh, rather than baton, but that handoff in and of itself was a, a notable one. It was the first time the Senate presidency in Massachusetts has changed hand from one woman to another. So kind of embedded in this whole thing were, were different, smaller, but still smaller in terms of time, but still notable storylines. There were sexual harassment policy reviews going on. It was really the only thing people were talking about for the first half plus of this year. Well said. And we saw some of the effects of the chaos in the Senate um, very soon after uh, Karen Spilka took over as Senate president. Uh, there was a bit of a squabble between the House and the Senate over some scheduling matters for the very end of formal sessions in July. Uh, the House, I think, had been uh, planning to come back on a weekend, and the Senate decided to adjourn till the next week, and there was a uh, um, a little bit of friction between the branches there, and then uh, on the very last day of formal sessions, in the um, in the uh, all the the chaos going on. Uh, anyways, because it's the end of formal sessions, uh, the legislature allowed the legal authorization for horse racing and wagering to lapse, and that became illegal for almost two days. <laughs> Forgot about that one, actually. So, folks, uh, those were the top 10. Uh, what surprised you about that list? Was there anything that you were shocked made it that high in people's estimation of 2018? Or, or uh, was there anything you were expecting to see pop up on top? 
I will say the first thing that jumped out at me, Sam, was two things. One, uh, the fact that uh, if you listen to the rundown you just gave of the top 10 stories, you could almost forget that 2018 was an election year. Huh. Uh, the fact that Governor Baker's re-election handily, uh, a Republican with high popularity numbers, just really cruising to re-election in Massachusetts, uh, only ticked in at number five, I thought was uh, interesting. Uh, some reporters, in fact, left the gubernatorial election off their ballots completely. It was that much of a of an afterthought. And two, the fact that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren was elected to her second uh, six-year term in the United States Senate as she is gearing up for what uh, really looks like a 2020 run for president. And uh, she barely even made it onto some people's ballots and certainly didn't come close to cracking the top 10. Uh, those are my two takeaways. The one that sticks out uh, most to me is the uh, uh, Supreme Judicial Court striking down of the so-called millionaires tax coming in at what I would say only number seven. Uh, I'd argue for a higher position for that one uh, because that was a years-long process in the legislature to put that um, surtax on high earners onto the ballot. Uh, we heard for years $2 billion for transportation and education, $2 billion for transportation and education. How are you going to pay for that millionaire's tax? How are you going to pay for that millionaire's tax? And then it evaporated. Exactly. And then in one fell swoop, the SJC came in and said, no millionaire's tax on the ballot. And uh, that was a big shift uh, for a lot of folks who were expecting that they'd uh, soon have, well, $2 billion for transportation and education. Hmm. And I'd say, I think kind of piggybacking off of that, the um, you know we talked about the grand bargain. We talked about the the millionaires tax. The questions that were on the ballot, um, the the nurse staffing question one um, was certainly the only thing you saw on your airwaves this summer. A um, lot of talk about that. Maybe because it was defeated and the status quo remains, there is no story of the year out of it in uh, in some people's eyes. Hmm. But. You know, the the transgender public accommodation ballot question, too, was something that was watched nationally Um, and kind of switching gears. I'm a little bit surprised the uh, the national grid lockout didn't crack the top 10. Maybe I'm looking at it with December colored glasses on. You know, we've seen some activity around that lately, but that's been going on since June. And that certainly uh, affected a lot of people. Right. We've been seeing a lot of the uh, United Steelworkers up around Beacon Hill for months. Well, as we look back at 2018, we're also preparing to ring in 2019 uh, and with it the 191st general court starting a new legislative session. But not before some New Year's Eve informals on Monday. Uh, Colin, uh, what might we expect to see in these final sessions? Well, probably not a balloon drop or confetti drop uh, at midnight, but uh, the two branches will be in on Monday, and it'll be their last chance to get bills to the governor's desk uh, for the 190th uh, general court. Uh, As you said, both branches have been in session this week. The House was a little bit more active uh, in this uh, post-Christmas holiday week, uh, meeting on Friday even. Uh, So on Monday, we could see uh, the uh, governor's gas safety bill which he filed uh, based on a recommendation of the National Transportation Safety Board after those Merrimack Valley incidents in September. That could finally reach his desk for a signature Monday. Uh, the, there's a, the, the so-called Equifax bill, which was one of those things that didn't get done before the end of formal sessions in July. Uh, that is now before the House with a Senate amendment pending, uh, so we could potentially see some action on that uh, Monday. 
Uh, and there's a supplemental budget bill that House Ways and Means had pulled uh, a week or so ago that uh, is still hanging out there. Uh, and a number of other bills, a military code of justice bill still hasn't yet been uh, uh, fully enacted. Uh, so there's a, a, a decently long list of items that the legislature may, che- may try to check off on Monday. And we'll see how late that session runs. Yeah, exactly. Will we ring in the new year uh, under the Golden <laughs> Dome? We'll see. We'll see. And Katie, on Wednesday, the day after New Year's, uh, the new House and Senate are sworn into office and start their work. Uh, What uh, issues might we see take center stage this coming year? Well, as Colin said, there's still, you know, a handful of things to get done on Monday. And part of, I think, the the biggest suite of issues we're going to see come before lawmakers in the new session is the unfinished business of this session. Um, You know, as we said in the top 10 stories, the health care and education reform bills didn't make it through. Um, those issues still remain. There's going to be a big push in the new year around education funding reform. Um, housing and transportation are still issues, you know, plaguing renters, uh, home buyers, commuters, and the revenue question about for both education and transportation is still hanging over people's heads, hanging over lawmakers' heads. Um, Energy and immigration are things advocates have been kind of rallying around the, the Safe Communities Act that Uh, immigration protections that was dropped from this year's budget was something that a lot of voters had rallied around. And I don't think, you know, they're not going to forget it just because the page on the calendar changes. These are all still issues that people are going to be bringing forward and uh, pushing their lawmakers on. And on Thursday, uh, in place of a State of the Commonwealth address this year, Governor Baker gives an inaugural speech. He's sworn into office on Thursday. And Matt, what are some of the themes that we might see the uh, governor include? Yeah, last but not least, the governor takes his oath on uh, Thursday to start his uh, second term. And I think this speech, uh, his second inaugural, will be one that will be watched very closely, in part because he put so little of an agenda forward during his reelection campaign that a lot of people are still wondering what a second term Charlie Baker going to do. Uh, He was not really pushed uh, during the campaign to lay out a detailed agenda. He talked a lot about continuing to work on the things uh, that we grew accustomed to hearing him talk about during the first term, uh, fixing the MBTA, fighting the opioid abuse epidemic. I'm sure he will talk about those things. I'll be listening to see if he puts down a strong marker on taxes. As Katie mentioned, this question of revenue, particularly after the millionaire's tax disappeared, has been hanging over the heads of uh, Democrats in the House and Senate for some time now, and it's been a, a handful of years since Speaker DeLeo even entertained uh, the question of putting taxes before his members, but he has not ruled it out this session yet. Uh, and it'll be interesting to hear what Governor Baker has to say about investing in things like transportation and education. So uh, it should be an important speech to set the tone for 2019. Well, Happy New Year's, folks. Uh, what are our New Year's plans? We'll be in here with the uh, House and Senate in session. <laughs> yeah, our New Year's plans really depend on the legislature's New Year's plans, oh, but uh, I'm still angling for that balloon jo- drop. Hopefully they can make it happen. Thanks, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.